Welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode eight. Today, we're going to be talking about sweet. The sweet letter generated a lot of feedback from our Substack subscribers, so we thought it'd be a fun one to talk about. Uh, but first, what are we drinking, Clay? Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Today, we are drinking a variety of beverages, as we are wont to do around here. <laughs> We've got... <laughs> It's like that beverage goblin uh, thing that goes around on the reels and the TikToks. On the tickety tockities, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have, we do in fact have three beverages here between the two of us. I am drinking a mug of hot chai currently, and I have a little bit of bourbon on the side. Yeah, and Clay made me a hot toddy because I am sick. (laughs) We were all sick. I thought it was allergies at first. I think it might have been still. I don't know. But my voice is it's not great. So I'm hoping we can make this podcast without it sounding horrible. Nah, nobody noticed. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I a lot of coughing to edit out. But we're, we're really glad you're here. And I think we're going to have a fun time talking about this uh, regardless of, yeah. of my state. It's kind of a serious topic. It is. It is. But well, I, don't, I think we'll still have a lot of fun. I have some funny stories to share. Oh, we always I mean, have fun. <laughs> they're like, they're serious, but funny. <laughs> and, and, and at the end, we have another listener we letter. We do, we do. We got, we got a fun uh, fun letter about bears and, and animals from a, from a listener, a friend of the podcast. So excited to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for sending your stuff in, everyone. Yeah. Always happy to read and respond and and share on the podcast what we receive from our friends. But where are we now? We are in Astoria, Oregon, which is very exciting because we are very close to Washington. Very close. In fact, you can see Washington. And we had a really walk far enough in this state park. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we're at Fort Stevens State Park, which was. Highly recommended by a lot of people, uh, but I will say that the loop we are in, Loop M, does not have cell coverage. At least not on AT&T or Verizon. No, and it's a little tricky for Starlink because there's a lot of trees, so that was how we spent about two hours when we got here today, just yeah, trying to figure so out what we were doing. If you don't know, uh, when we get to a place for the week, we need to have some way to have good internet. Um, I work a day job, and I unfortunately... That means, you know, I, I love my job, but it does mean I have to get on calls. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that too. And then I got fired. Yeah. I mean, now you get to do this. But yeah, so we eventually found a creative solution <laughs> with a little help from our friends. Yeah. So. Um, which I don't want to incriminate anyone, but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes for the week. But yeah, we we do, unfortunately have to make a priority of making sure we have at least decent enough internet to do a call, which means either a Starlink connection that's not dropping or some cell coverage as backup. We can use Starlink as the main, even if it drops out for a second every few minutes. But Yeah, it's been a bit of an adventure. Today was a fun day, but we were, we were, kind, of getting, we were kind of getting into our site late because of uh, kind of all the adventures we had during the day today. Well, yeah, we took the whole weekend to drive from, I guess, 
near Crater Lake National Park in Trail, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Was that where we were staying? Yeah, we were about 45 minutes or an hour away. It was it was another Lake, yeah. state park or former state park. Joseph, yeah. Joseph Stewart. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep. In Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. We had a great week and went up to Crater Lake in the snow and played in the snow and took a picture of the lake and made a snowman. Uh, hung out at this beautiful uh, campground with our friends and but decided, you know, it was a pretty long drive up here to Astoria, so decided to break it into two days. Yeah, and we stayed at a great harvest host last night, Deluxe Brewing, and Sinister Distilling is like a brewery and distillery in... Albany. Albany, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, which is just south of Corvallis. And it was really cute. It was really pretty. We got where the brewery was situated. We had plenty of parking. It was really nice and level, which is... If you RV, you understand how amazing that is. <laughs> and we got to walk around downtown in the morning, which was really nice. It was super nice. And Cute little town. Had, like vegan donuts, which was amazing. Because mm-hmm. our youngest has a dairy allergy. So anytime we can get her a treat that's dairy free and safe for her, that's really nice. So we got to do that. And then um, we went up to a beat. Well, we stopped at Walmart. Which is, you know, very exciting. Got our grocery shopping Got our done. Grocery's done. And uh, went from the Walmart up to the beach in Nesquin. Mm-hmm. We were trying yeah, to so see the ghost forest. We could have gone like on Interstate Five, but we decided to cut over to the coast. Like yeah. went straight west over to the coast and take the one hundred and one up the coast to Astoria here Did because the scenic drive. Yeah, just because it's a lot nicer drive, and mm-hmm. we uh, avoid any chance of Portland traffic there. Um, but yeah, we tried to stop at, what is it called? Nesquin? I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's what it looks like. Yes. Yep. Uh, we tried to go see the ghost forest, mm-hmm. which I, I can't remember which one of us found this online and you said, did. we have to go, yeah. but I was not taking into account that you can only see it at like low tide, low tide. So the tide was like pretty far in, pretty far in. And we could not, not only could we not get to the section of the beach without swimming, that we needed to get to. It was like <laughs> to see it. Anyway, I didn't want to, you know, soak myself. But uh <laughs> I like the children. Yeah, exactly. But but it was still a gorgeous place. They have this big like rock as you as you have on these Pacific Northwest. It's called beaches. Proposal Rock. P- proposal Rock. Mm-hmm. Called yeah. Proposal Rock. And you know, we had a nice little romantic moment there at Proposal Rock. And uh, yeah, the kids had fun. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was really cute. It was. You're right. You're not sweet. I'm not. You are, though. (laughs) It was cute. It was really. It was a nice. Well, we did have a. It was a nice moment. I will give you that. It was was nice. nice. It was sunny out at that point in the day. It was really pretty. It was a gorgeous time. It was really pretty. We did not get to see the petrified. I was a little grumpy about stopping because I didn't think we were going to fit in the parking spot, but we did. It worked. We made it work. And then we went to Tillamook Creamery, yes. which our little one did not want to go to for obvious reasons. So I yeah, stayed, that did, that one. Didn't I stayed in the camper for with her while the rest of them went. But you brought me back some ice cream, and it was yeah. Delicious. We had an ice cream flight. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, so it was a really nice drive, and mm-hmm. but but it put us here around what seven o'clock. Yeah, and running on like jerky and Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. Wow. And ice cream. And ice cream. <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, you know, getting in, we never, I mean, yes, granted, 
we're getting farther north and it's getting later in the year, so the sun is staying up later, <laughs> which is really nice. It is. But we never want to be on a time crunch for getting set up before the sun goes down, and especially when we have complications like making sure we have good internet. We, that might mean we have yeah. to go to a different campground and a different site. It's better to get there earlier. We try not to make a habit of coming quite so late in the day. We, I mean, we had plenty of time to get set up before it was dark. It was just the internet stuff. Right, exactly. But we we say that, and then like the number of times we've backed into random, terrible state park back-ins in the dark is not zero. It's not zero, but it's not like an every week occurrence. No. I think some people try and get to campsites late. I think it's a lot of times on the weekends. You know how this is. We've done it before. Like You try and push as far as you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. You don't like, have that much time. Yeah, or you're like, oh, you have I'm going to leave, leave after work I'm going to leave after work. I'm going to pick the kids up from school. And you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go. And I'm Let's ready to And I'm ready to go. I'm already mm-hmm. ready. You think you're ready. And then you're like, oh, one more thing. I got to grab one more thing. And oh, the kids still need to go to the bathroom. Oh, we forgot the medicine. We have to go back and get that. that uh, yep. Like, and by the time you're leaving home, like the sun's already going yeah, down. Yeah, you're like, And so oh, you're going to a campground an hour oh. away. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Or yeah. if you're trying to go to a campground a lot farther away. Yeah. You end up getting in at midnight. Oh, God. That did happen one time. <laughs> That was extenuating circumstances, but like it always is. That first night leaving home is when you're a weekender or somebody who's got a home base mm-hmm. is always like, "Oh my gosh, this just takes so long to get going." You think you're almost ready, and then you're like, "Oh, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing." We. It's part of why going full time actually appealed to us. Yeah, because you don't have to stop. It's like, wait, you're already ready. You There's just no more moving go. in and out. The moving in and out was such a pain. Oh, gosh, yeah. But then you you have the problem of like, oh, we never get the chance to do a completely, like, get clean. everything out and do a deep clean. Or, like, on the get rig. anything fixed because we live in it. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, we and we, we fix things, but there are yes. some things that are beyond us. Yeah. So, I mean, there's pros and cons for sure, but I I always have a little bit of sympathy when I see people rolling in at like 10 o'clock because I figure they didn't mean to. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Because we've we've been there. (laughs) I still think there are some people who are like, no, I know I'm going to do this and and that's okay. I mean, I definitely, though, try to get there after dark if it's like a Walmart. I don't want to hang out at Walmart. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's a little less of like a campsite and more of just a stopover. That's not your destination. I don't know. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> Freaking love a Walmart. Stuff. If you don't know, if you're not an RVer or you've never done this as, as an RVer, and maybe we've talked about it on the podcast before, but Walmart will let you camp overnight. Only some some of them. Sorry, not every Walmart. You have to oh. check. You have to ask the manager. Yes, you have to check. But Walmart will let you camp with your trailer or your truck camper or anything that's contained and you're not like setting up a campsite. No tents, nothing no like awnings, that. No no. No chairs. But they'll let you stay overnight in their parking lot. They'll just ask that you also patronize their store. There's other other places that'll do this too. Cracker Barrels, big one. Cabela's. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think I've even heard Costco sometimes. I don't know. If really? That's true. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a interesting. Good one. And then there's like random local places that'll do it mm-hmm. too. And there's I know we've talked about Harvest Hosts before because yeah. we did just earlier. So there's lots of one night stay options for trying to get a little farther. Since we've gone back to a smaller trailer, I love. We did it with the with the fifth wheel too, but it's just easier with the smaller trailer. I love like stopping and doing our chores on the way. It's so much more efficient to yeah. do stuff with the trailer like right there. We pulled our trailer and our friends pulled their trailer right in front of a laundromat yesterday. That's true. 
I'm like literally right there, like door to door. Oh my gosh. This laundromat. That was weird. It was a weird situation. Okay. So, yeah, we pull into this laundromat. We park in front of it. We're like, okay, well, I guess this will work. It's just along the highway, whatever. Right. And we go in. It's like an old laundromat, but it's everything seems like it's working. It's in good shape. Right. Yeah, it looked really nice. I walked. There were in a with couple you. machines out of order, but the change machine looked like it was like from 40, 50 oh, years ago. But yes, it, this change machine was from the nineteen eighties or nineties. The prices on the machines were really good. Yeah, they were actually. And so we, you know, uh, you helped me bring the clothes in. Yeah, I got some change. I went I started in, and then I went back to the camper to make some lunch. clothes into a washer. Immediately after you went out of there. And this place was like mostly empty. Yeah, there was like one other car there, like two washers being used. Immediately after you went back out to the rig, mm-hmm. in walk from the side door, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. I swear, <laughs> maybe all from more. one van. Yeah, they all pulled up together, all took their laundry in, and just immediately filled all the washers. So I only had two washers for our like lots of clothes. Yeah, they were big washers at least. They were, but like I needed three and I yeah. only had two. So yeah. I ended up, on, you know, taking them out and putting them in a dryer and putting another load into the washer. It took it, us a little longer, but it was not that It was fine. Deal. At least the stuff all worked fine. It was totally the clothes fine. clothes got done like, when they were showing up. I was like, ah, everything. where'd you go? I need your help. <laughs> I know. And I didn't. And my phone was still in the truck and I'm like making lunch inside like do 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 do. And I look out the window because our windows were like facing the whole windows of of the laundromat. And I look in mm. and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people in there now. Yeah. <laughs> it was all of a sudden a party. I, I, didn't, I did not sign up for a laundry party. No. <laughs> I mean, it was It five. was funny because we just like, we pulled in and there's like nobody there. We're like, this is mm-hmm. great. We'll do all of our laundry. No one's yeah. going to be involved. I was just taking my sweet time. Yeah. Should not have been. No. <laughs> it was fine. You know what? Everyone was, got their laundry done. It was fine. And it was nice because we had the, tra- the trailer there. And then so today we stopped and got our groceries. So we pulled mm-hmm. into the state park, like completely f- clean laundry, full of groceries, ready I mean, to go. Anyone who, and granted, like when we were in a house, we had laundry machines in our house. So I could do this. But like anyone who's been to a laundromat, like the luxury of being able to put your clothes in. And then, like, go back and lay in your bed and play Wordle and then go check on your clothes <laughs> cannot be understated. It was actually, I think it's better than having laundry in a house in some ways. Yeah. Because you get it all done at once. You get it all done. When yeah. we were in a house, I felt like we never stopped doing laundry. I know. So every day was one load. Every day. Every day. No, it reminded me of, like, do you remember um, at Iowa State? when we lived in university village oh yeah we had and nice like the laundromat right like mm-hmm. i mean it sucked in the winter because you had to walk outside to get over yeah. to it but it was but it was like right, really close to our apartment right literally across the street from our apartment yeah so we just walk over there put the clothes in walk back home and you know work on whatever we're doing probably playing video games at that point because uh, like no maybe I mean, come on. writing lab report probably for me <laughs> yeah that's right school was hard for you shush <laughs> Oh, you just worked harder than me. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's been fun. it's been a fun weekend and uh, up until like 2 hours ago and now we're recording at 10:30 at night and trying to <laughs> We're having a lot of fun. We are having a And great we want time. you to have a lot of fun with us. Yes. Uh and uh with that we should probably get into the reading of the letter. Cool. Here's sweet. I mean sweet. Dear friend, 
to let you know something. Please don't ever call me sweet. Also, please never call me anything sweet related. Not sweetie, sugar, sweetheart, especially not sweetheart. I'll explain. It's dawned on me slowly as I have aged that I was trained to be sweet in a specific way. A way that means pleasing to look at, soft-spoken, devoid of personal feelings or needs. Always the willing hostess. Always the submissive child and then wife. Always a smile. To be put together and pretty without being provocative in any way. To be well-read, but never insistent on my own opinions or knowledge. Sweet. This is a role that has felt itchy to me since I can remember understanding it was mine. A lot of the training came through the churches my family attended as I was growing up. Some probably came from society in general, some from home. I certainly was taught not to talk back, taught to suppress feelings, taught not to have needs. I remember being in trouble for crying. I've always been a person with big feelings, and those big feelings have always been a problem. I never knew when to shut up. I never knew who I couldn't or shouldn't challenge. I was always taking things too literally. Still, I tried to be sweet. I did not allow myself a guilt-free curse word until well after my college years. I learned my place in youth groups and church Bible studies, sort of. I learned to cook and bake and host with the best of them. I still enjoy this, by the way. These aren't all bad things on their own. I tried to suppress my needs or desires to the point where, by the time Clay and I had bought three different houses, none of them were houses I would have chosen. I dressed nicely but modestly. I put on makeup, but not too much. I styled my hair daily and made sure my kids' clothes matched. I chuckled politely at inappropriate jokes and let sexist remarks at work pass as if I had not heard them. There were too many to really do much about anyway. Something in me started to break after the birth of our oldest daughter. She was a colicky baby, and I was dealing with what was likely postpartum depression. I was trying so hard to nurse her, to take care of all the nighttime feedings, and changing and crying, to do it all with joy and calm patience but I was panicking inside and resentful of my husband. I finally told him I needed him to wake up at night too, even if just in solidarity. He didn't argue and began to get up with every waking, bringing her to me to nurse and changing her and taking her back to bed. Things were not perfect, but they were better. I ran my first marathon a year and a half later. It was something I did just for me, to have some time where my body felt like mine again. When the opportunity to attend a full-time MBA program on a graduate assistantship arose shortly after, I was quick to take it, and Clay was quick to support it. There, I learned how to define my, quote, personal brand, and my leadership tendencies were no longer problems, but strengths. I wasn't universally beloved, but that was okay. I did make a lot of friends outside my previous evangelical bubble. I learned kindness in a real, raw, non-compulsory way when friends helped me out after I had shoulder surgery because they wanted to. I sang karaoke, drank, and when I found a job in my field, my family moved to follow it. It's hard sometimes for people because I think I still read as sweet sometimes. I learned to talk and act a certain way that is pretty tangled up in who I am at this point. I have a penchant for dresses because I like them, and I'm in no way eschewing femininity. I enjoy it more than ever. I just don't think it's synonymous with sweetness. Feminine energy is a lot of things, and I think everyone who identifies with it would describe it differently. 
but it is nothing if not tough through all the hate it endures. I was once advised by a male boss to wear fewer dresses and consciously pitched down my voice if I wanted to be taken more seriously. I stared at him, words failing me in that moment. That was just a few years ago. I don't work for him or any man anymore. The last job I had, I think they thought they were buying sweet. They did not like what they got when I told them not to talk to me like trash. I'm done being sweet. I'm done filling that role. I'm certainly done being a verbal punching bag for literally anyone, which is often what being sweet amounts to. Hey friends, we're tough and strong. If you want to also identify as sweet, that's cool. I'm just not sweet. I pursue kindness and compassion and fierce loyalty with a healthy dose of authenticity. You can be sweet if that's your thing. I'm not trying to throw shade at that. Just don't be sweet because someone told you to. Let's raise our fucking voices. See you down the road, Jamie. So, okay. I think we need to start with our three houses that we owned. Okay. I mean, the ones without wheels. Okay. Yeah, we've had three with wheels now, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You you mentioned those in your letter. Yeah. And you mentioned that you felt like you didn't pick any of them. I, I will say, I'm sorry. I did not. I think some of it's like give, I feel pressure. Like yeah. I feel like I need to comply. You know. Mm-hmm. And I don't like. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. Someone has to give when you're at an impasse, right? So it's. I, like, I don't know. There's like I feel like I was taught growing up that it was like on me to give, right? Mm. Like that's literally a thing I was taught in church. Yuck. Like yeah. for like if you're a submissive wife, right? That like, was like a foreign concept to me. That was I did not understand that concept at all. That was not what was in my house. I don't know how you like defer for your whole life and like feel okay. <laughs> it's not I I like I just don't know. Like everyone has different thoughts yeah. and beliefs and belief systems, and that's fine. But like, I don't know how you end up like emotionally stable after deferring with someone else your entire life. Nor would I want you to. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that's not what I was looking for in a partner. But and, and that's why I chose you because that wasn't I didn't think but wasn't I th- there. I think you. <laughs> But still, some of it sunk in, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think you still were like, yeah, I'm going to be okay with, like, kind of pushing my agenda here. Okay, like, so you've had, I was raised to argue. Okay. I was <laughs> raised to, you know, like, eventually shut up sometimes, maybe. <laughs> and so, like, but the thing is, like, you... <laughs> You'll be like, well, if you really care. Maybe, maybe my mom would respond differently that she wanted me to argue. But, but you, that's how things went in our house. So, like, sometimes you'll be like, oh, well, if you really cared about this, I thought you would argue more about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And, like, well, I said what I thought, and you, like, were very adamant about something else, and I didn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. So I just said, okay, fine. Okay. So, but we've eventually, and I, I hope this is better now, come to a place where we take each other at our word. Well, I think that was always what we said, for sure. Yeah. But, like, so when I say fine, I mean fine. Mm-hmm. 
But I also don't mean that. But like, you're not happy. I'm on board with it necessarily. It just means I don't. I'm okay with like going forward with what you said. Hmm. I don't want to fight about it. I don't want to have an argument. But I don't want to argue and fight, really. Not like well, fight. Well, you have to argue. Arguing isn't fighting. Sometimes it is. You don't think it is, but sometimes it is. Mm, what are we doing right now? <laughs> I think that I think that it's good to argue sometimes. I do think that like you can be very persuasive or at least kind of forceful in your argument and mm-hmm. it puts me in a position where sometimes I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to match this intensity. Yeah. I don't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> like and I guess I don't really either, usually, but like <laughs> maybe I don't do a good job conveying that. I think we, you know, we've come a long way and, you know, we've been married for 16 years now. So mm-hmm. a lot has changed and we've gotten a lot better at things and a lot better at communication. I mean, heck, we talked in the letter about how I was like, uh, um, could you maybe like actually get up at night with our kid too? Well, that was a long time with ago. With our first one? Yeah. And I think that was a very long time ago. But I mean, like when you think about how far we've come in terms of that kind of stuff, it's, you know, it's also a learning curve for everyone. Well, and I will say at that time, mm-hmm. um, I was feeling very like helpless and unable to do anything. So you <laughs> asking me that was like, yes, I can do that. Yeah. And I, mean, I felt I like I was supposed I was... to do everything myself. Yeah. And I thought I was supposed to be like very happy about it too. And yeah, I was and I was supposed to so give you that opportunity, right? <laughs> but also, I was feeling a lot of things other than like alongside that happiness, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. And uh, I didn't know how to feel or how to act, mm-hmm. and it was really hard. And yeah, it was something we had to work through together. And yeah, and, but it took a while. It took a but, while. But I was so glad, even though it was a pain. <laughs> to get up in the middle of the night. The time of course, were... I would have rather slept it the... away. Yeah. But I was happy to help. I wanted to. And yeah. oh gosh, the number of times that I look back on fondly now of getting up and sitting and playing PlayStation with Grace on my lap in the middle of the night <laughs> when she was a baby. Like, I wouldn't have had that. Yeah. And that let me get like a little bit of sleep and feel a little bit more <laughs> we're with it. And it was, uh-huh. we felt like partners. Like, cause I was getting so resentful. I was like, Ugh. I don't know. I'm nursing, so like I don't know what he can do, but also <laughs> the drowning. So I always thought of us as partners. Yeah. I mean, we were first really good friends. I mean, I was 14 and you were 15. Yeah. We were friends, yeah, but like for like a month. What? Before you kissed me? Oh, it I wasn't see. that yeah, yeah. long. No, no, but what I mean is, <laughs> yeah. it's like it got romantic like, pretty quick. <laughs> sure, but like, I knew what I mean is, I knew who you were. When we got married, we'd been together seven years. Six. Yeah, six. Six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, and so I think from the letter, it can kind of seem like I've changed. Do you think I've changed? Of course, we all change. Yeah. That's, yes, of course you've changed. Yeah. But what I will say is while you are kind, while you are very loving, both to your family, like your children and to me, I never described you as sweet. In fact, like, (laughs) 
I remember. I know what story you're gonna tell because I've, I've you've told me this. No, I just remember s- at least several distinct times, especially around the time when we were getting married and like mm. people were meeting you for the first time. Yeah, they said to me like, "Oh, she's really sweet." And I said, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "No, I mean like." I love Jamie. Obviously, she's amazing. But like, I kind of think of her as more badass than sweet. <laughs> so, when someone says that I was sweet, or that someone is sweet like that, yeah, what do you think they mean by that, and how do you read that? So, to me, mm-hmm. that always came across like, and I don't want to, like you said, I don't want to throw shade or anything. Mm-hmm. But that always came across as kind of dismissive. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, bless her heart. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> she's such a sweetheart. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of taking their power away a little bit. Yeah, I think it's an expectation of women. And I think I think people would call me that because that's like what you say. Right. You know? They weren't going to say, Clay, your fiance's hot. I mean, I think some people might sometimes, but. They didn't. Okay. Well. <laughs> Not to me. You didn't have actually, the actually friends that maybe I had. a couple, maybe a couple times. But <laughs> I know no, a lot were, of people that would have. Said that. They were much more polite than that. They wouldn't have <laughs> dreamed of saying that. I think so. They said you're sweet, but that uh, wasn't accurate. Was like, that's not why we work. <laughs> I, I didn't. Gosh, darn it, Jamie. I. Neither one of us would have been happy with someone who was always just going to yield to the other. Right, right, exactly. But I think at the same time, I was being taught to like deny my own instincts, right? Mm. And deny my uh, kind of like how I'm wired Mm -hmm. to be this thing that was always deferential, right? Mm, Because it was like, how to be like a virtuous partner? Yeah. Like a wife. How to be a wife? How to be a wife? How to be a wife? You're submissive, right? Like yeah, that goes along with like how to be a husband to be the head of the household. To, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> That's bullshit. Yeah, you were supposed to be the spiritual leader. Can oh gosh, can we be partners? Yeah. Please? Can we just be partners? <laughs> Actually, introduce you as my partner to people now. Not yeah. only because I think it's like. less possessive like if i say my wife it sounds like i own you (laughs) like fair enough no like i i got like semi called out on this called out not called out on this on on like one of my initial meetings with one of my um co-workers who who no longer works with me but said you know oh hi you know i'm clay i have a a wife and two daughters and they're like oh yeah i'm so and so i don't have any wives not yet, anyway. <laughs> she was just like, <laughs> just like, yeah, okay, cool. I guess you have a wife. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. What I mean is, <laughs> you know, but that's just like how we were taught to, like, yeah. you know, remember the old, like, hi, my name is Joe. I've got a wife and three kids. I work at the button factory. <laughs> I'm not sure where we're going with that, but okay. No, but the, the, he, yeah. it just goes, I've got a wife I've and three kids. I've got a that's, wife. That's yeah. like the, it's very yeah out of date. Yeah. Yeah. And it was well, never, like, in my opinion, 
it was never good. Well, and like what the wife fills in most people's brains, right? Especially in the corporate world, mm-hmm. is that that's who's taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. That's who's doing all the home stuff. Yeah, that's who's she like, wasn't at the button factory. Yeah, she wasn't there. She was not making buttons <laughs> or pressing buttons or whatever. Turn that button with your right elbow. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the, the, so yeah, and that's what you may think of people having a wife. Like, we would talk about successful women or, or men at work and be like, well, the way they can do that and have a family is they have a wife, mm-hmm. figuratively or, or, or specifically, like mm-hmm. somebody who's serving that role at home. And it's always assumed for the woman. And it's, it goes along with being sweet, right? Because, mm-hmm. and and there's, to be clear, being a stay-at-home parent or being primary parent mm-hmm. is incredibly important. And it usually falls on somebody in a partnership to be the primary parent. Um, um, I would say that we've traded off. We trade off. We do. But some at different times, well, each of us has been a primary parent. And what it I'm saying is, it doesn't usually function very well when no one is doing that. Right, exactly. Someone has to kind of take the lead on the home stuff, right? At least for us, and it hasn't. So and maybe people are able and we've to gone, like. We've gone back and forth, and so my point really is well, that, like, yeah. whoever is serving that role in your household is important and valued, and that's that's good work. Mm-hmm. Also, assuming that it's always going to be a wife and a heterosexual couple mm-hmm. <laughs> is a problem. Right. Because, and it was a problem that, oh my gosh, we ran into issues when you were primary parent, Clay, mm-hmm. when Clay was primary parent in our house. Right. Because every school email, every yeah. activity, they would send stuff to you and not party, to me. They would send it to and me. And they knew. They knew that I was in fucking New York. Right. They every knew. other week. Right. And they knew that <laughs> I was the one who always came into the office. I was, and talked to them, the people who I were sending this email. I was never around. These people had never seen me a day in their lives. But it was just so automatic that it went to the mom. They couldn't have picked me out of the lineup except that I kind of look like my daughter. Like <laughs> It went to the sweet, sweet mom. Oh, like I just, because, and it did free me up to really focus on my career at that point mm-hmm. and travel and do the things I wanted to do to build the network and build the career I wanted. Because Clay was handling all that stuff. And I wasn't sad about it. No, you you had always wanted to do that. <laughs> I had the opportunity to take a step back from working full-time, but to start a business part-time, mm-hmm. start my own software development business that I actually grew to like a decent amount yeah. of it was awesome. revenue and, and work and all that. And But I got to focus on our family first. Yeah. I got to spend so much time in those early years with Jojo that I never got to have with Grace. Huh. And it was awesome. Oh, it was super special. It, you know, like going to the library during the day, mm-hmm. like and obviously like when you know, I was obviously primary parent for Grace as well at that time. I'm just talking about during the day when Grace was at school. Yeah. You know, it was just such a special time. And I loved every minute of it. It was very sweet. Thank <laughs> <laughs> sweet's such a, a fraught word. Um, but, it, like, how I mean it when I'm talking about it like this is, like, mm-hmm. 
somebody who's submissive and deferential and you know it goes beyond like humility and kindness to a spot that's like self like self effacing and like Mm -hmm. depriving oneself and i think those are everything exists on a continuum and i think we don't i don't want to advocate like rugged individualism for everybody that's not really what i'm saying yeah right? that's like the opposite and that's end like the, of the that's like, the flip side of the coin right like right. we associate femininity with this like deference like this deferential behavior and we associate masculinity with this like no one can tell me what to do right and both are proud <laughs> like those are two sides of the same problem yes exactly and they don't they don't do anyone any good <laughs> right because we should all aim for in my opinion kindness and compassion and care towards our fellow human beings and that's not masculine or feminine that's just a thing that we should all do to varying degrees preach and i do think that like there are things that feel masculine and feminine and we all have like some of each of those things and i think that like assuming women are going to be very deferential and assuming men are not going to be is harmful to everybody yeah, and I think we all are like living in a world where that is kind of how we were brought up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like the stereotypes like fall into such a weird way. I have so many funny stories from work situations working in like male dominated fields and being like a younger woman in like a field dominated by like older men. And you know, being like <laughs> on the sp- spectrum i guess of like conventionally attractive and what that you're makes very attractive well you have to say that and you think that of course but like what and like what that makes people think of you right like if you're like pretty put together and you wear dresses and you wear a little makeup but like people think certain things of you like whether they want to acknowledge that or not and i remember at least it's in the double digits for sure the number of times that men commented because I was in a field where you shake hands a lot. There's a lot of business cards, a lot of shaking hands. <laughs> men commented on the strength of my handshake, which is not phone crushing to say the least. Like it's a regular old handshake. Friends, Jamie's hands are actually kind of squishy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do it to like prevent myself from like having pain because I. <laughs> yeah, it's defensive. Really, it's defensive. <laughs> So that your hand doesn't get crushed. Well, also, like, sometimes men go into a handshake with a woman, like, with a limp hand because oh they assume it's, like, a, it's a thing. It's that's, a, a f- that's offensive. It's it's fucking offensive. And then I do try to crush their hands because <laughs> I do have very strong hands from rock climbing. Um, yes, you do. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so squishy hmm, in the sense that. They're not big. I have tiny baby hands. No, they're very strong from climbing. They're especially. little. They're very little. I'm a I'm a five seven woman with like small hands for my height. Mm-hmm. But you bend very easy. I do. <laughs> so it's like, but the number of men that have caught. In fact, this, there was one time I was at a cocktail hour for at a work event, and I was talking to uh, a man like around my age, maybe younger, mm-hmm. and he was talking about some experiences that his girlfriend had had in the field. She worked in finance as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, one of my favorite things is, like, when men will comment on the strength of my handshake, like, oh, that's a strong handshake. Like, they would never, ever say that to a man. That's, like, offensive, right? Like, you would you would not say that 
unless they were like 12 years old, right? Right, exactly. It's yes. like infantilizing. It's like all this stuff is infantilizing. Yes, yes diminutive. And so they, I told this story and I turn around and some guy wants to like break into our conversation. And great, like this cartoon. Mm-hmm. And we like introduced ourselves and we're talking. And I shit you not. I went to shake his hand and he said something about the strength of my handshake and I just looked at this guy and we both like about lost it <laughs> because, and I just met this guy, like it was yeah. in like, but it was just like we were chatting and it was, I was like, it was on cue. Yeah. Proves my point. <laughs> on That's amazing. cue. People also will say um, things about like how smart you are as a woman versus oh, like gross. that they won't say like as a man right because they're like oh she's very smart whoa for a woman. like yeah yeah i, oh, I had a, a coworker that woman. i liked, oh, i'm threatened that i liked a lot but who constantly like would refer to me as like wicked smart or something like that and you would never say that about a dude like and no <laughs> you might say like oh they're like a genius they know they're or whatever, whatever. Or like, yeah, yeah, if they're like really really smart or whatever but, but this is like such a bro field right uh-huh and like Man, I can hang with the bros. Sure. I can. But it's such a weird dichotomy but of like... Why would you want to? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit of a bro at heart. <laughs> but it's such a weird dichotomy of like, you are expected to be sweet and deferential. And also, if you are those things, then no one's going to take you seriously. And it's like, you can't, you can't win. win. You You're can't either win. a bitch or you're like getting run over all the time. You're yep. never like the sweet woman in the corporate world will make the coffee for everyone even if that's not her job. Will go pick up lunch even if that's not her job. Will do all like the office housework even if that's not her job. And those are fine and good jobs, but if it's not your job, it's something else, right? And yeah. like they will the the sweet woman will never argue with a, a senior man especially will always be grateful to even have a job, right? And never ask for fair compensation or a raise or a promotion because, oh my goodness gracious, that would be too ambitious. A comment I have gotten before, but I was too ambitious. I also was told one time that I took too much initiative. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got stories upon stories. So and like, making us look bad. <laughs> I, I talk about it in the letter, but like yeah. I did have a boss who was like, honestly, trying to help me out and kind in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and like one of the more like thoughtful bosses that i've had mm-hmm. tell me you should dress differently mm-hmm. and you should like look at this other person who dresses this way thinking thinking they were they being thought helpful. they were being really helpful and also i know that they've like this woman is, is you know talked about like trying to pitch her voice down and like to be taken more seriously. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Like take me seriously anyway. Because I sound like a girl. You can't take me seriously. Like fuck off. And he wasn't saying that's how it should be. Right. Right. It's like, it's just like, this is how it is. And this is what you might want to do. And I was like, no, just change it. Just fuck off. Like, man, (sighs) did you say that? No, I just (laughs) sighed. Just like, okay. Oh, whatever, man. Yeah. But like, it, it was so discouraging. Cause this, yeah. This is somebody who's like actually trying to like promote women. He did promote me. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Right. Anyway. No, I mean like, <laughs> what, 
when other guys would find out that you liked baseball or that you liked scotch or something. Yeah. They would tell me, oh, you're such a lucky guy. I had guys at like work events tell me my husband was a lucky guy. Because <laughs> I like the same things they like. I'm like, and the, we're hey, all in finance, dudes. Like, we're sitting around like, duh. I am a we lucky have, guy. We have similar interests. Like, I am. Not, like, but like, surprising. why shouldn't, like, why should you assume that that would not be the case? Right. I don't, it does not compute. It's because I think it's this thing of like people, their brains can't get around like someone who presents as feminine and also likes these things that they associate with masculinity. And it's like, it's everything's so such tough. a fucking spectrum. Or, or the opposite side of that. Yeah. When I was the primary parent. Uh-huh. And in the summer, I would take the girls to swim lessons. <gasps> You're such a good dad. Oh, my gosh. You are the, the best The number daddy? of people, women. You are such who a told good me, dad. One person told me I was a hero. They said, wow, you're a hero. Oh, my God. <laughs> For taking like, my kids to swim lessons. That's the, that's, the, that's the two sides of the same coin again, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh, thanks, I guess. But like, yeah, no, I'm just like, we're just doing our thing. Just go to swim lessons. Just go to swim lessons. Tell, tell the mom over there with three kids that are all under five that they're a hero. Right. Because right? <laughs> yeah. that's a fucking hero, man. Hey, I mean, I got We're all say, heroes out here. I mean, like everyone's getting through the day with their kiddos as a, as a hero. It's not when they're young. an easy job being a stay at home parent. Oh, God, no. No matter what. But it was a great job. And I was not a hero. I was just another stay-at-home parent. Yep. And but it, the implication was because I was because you're dad. dad. You're dad. That. You're your dad. And dads are expected to not be involved in their kids' lives. Right. If dads are watching the kids, they're, they're babysitting. babysitting. Oh, my favorite. What? Oh my god! Stop babysitting if it's your kid. Right. Don't ever say that. <laughs> I was not a babysitter. I was the dad. Right. Right. Oh my <laughs> Still gosh. am actually. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's frustrating it is so frustrating and i think you know we we are you know a very very traditional presenting couple sure and we run up against these things about gender norms just because like for a while you were the primary parent sure and because like you know we like slightly different things than people might expect for for gender and in I have it's, ponytail friends. He does have a ponytail. Oh my Actually, gosh. that's pretty common these days. It is. But it's just, it's a thing. I don't want to go without talking about what we say to our kids. What do we say to our kids? So I think this is an interesting thing. So one thing I would say is that I don't mind being called sweet or sweetie by you. Mm-hmm. Or by immediate family, or like uh, people who I'm very close with, mm-hmm. because it's a term of endearment that I feel like they're close enough to me to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it doesn't feel like they're condescending when someone who I am like endeared to like uses a term of endearment. Right. Yeah. So I will say that's a caveat, and I do think it's different, like with your own children too. So with our children. I have used the term like sweet pea a lot or sweets. Yeah. I try to use it a little less maybe now. I use love a lot or dear. Yeah. 
it feels less gendered to me. Yeah. And with other kids that I'm close with, I'll use those things too. Like if I'm talking to another kiddo who's like part of our like close friends and stuff, I'll say love a lot or dear to them mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Just because that's how I talk. Sure. <laughs> I say that to friends sometimes too. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, love. Like, you know. Yeah. It's still a little bit like, I don't know. I mean, you are talking to a kid, right? Yeah. But it's a little bit like, I don't know. I want our kids to know that they have agency. Right. Right. I want not just our kids. Like, I don't want them to mind, expect like, to be like deferential. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All kids, right? To mm-hmm. know that, like, mm-hmm. yes. Obviously, right now they're kids. They're living. They're not in, their in charge. House. They're not in charge. Like, but they but, should have some say in things. <laughs> yeah, the kids don't run things around here. Right. However, <laughs> most of the time, anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> However, they're valued. They're like, we care about what they think. Right. And like, we don't want to teach them to not think that what you know that what they think or feel is important. Right. We try not to call them things they ask not to be called. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So that it comes down to nicknames and things like that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, I guess, like the safest thing is just call people by their name. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, don't call people you don't know very well. Honey. You don't, need, a, you don't need to do a pet name, no, actually. Especially if you don't know them very well. They're not your pet. Nope. I call dogs sweetie a lot. That's true. Well, hey, that's a pet name for a pet. Yeah, that works pretty well. And all dogs are sweethearts. Oh my God, I love a dog. Except for our dog. Our dog is such a freaking pain in the ass. Uh uh. Okay, yeah, he is. He's awful, but he's also sweet. sweet. He's He's so sweet. sweet. He's very sweet. (laughs) Until he pisses on the rug again. It's not sweet. Don't ever. Totally not sweet, dude. Friends, chihuahuas are. Really a pain in the butt. Yeah, they are. That's um, a story for another day. That really is. We still have a listener letter. We do have a listener letter. It is about animals. Okay. So I will bring we it up. Stumbled into a segue. <laughs> it was an expert segue. This is from our friend Ryan. So, if you, like Ryan, want to get a letter read on the podcast, or just want to send it to us and don't want it read on the podcast, you can I, send it too. He had said he didn't mean it as a letter. He meant to just talk to us about what we talked about. But he's okay with us reading it. He, did, he is. Yes, I got permission. I will always get permission before I share it. So if you just want to send us something and not have it shared, that's fine too. We'd Tell love to hear too. from you. Absolutely. We, and we'll write back to you and all this. We want to build a community of people who enjoy fireside chats. Exactly. Uh, we were not sitting by a fire because I'm not feeling great. But... <laughs> But regardless, if but, you enjoy cocktail chats about these topics, and if you want to... And cocktails meaning like literally any drink too, like mocktails, apple juice, whatever you drink. I was drinking tea, but... <laughs> Man, the tea episode got real nuts. Well, this one did too. But anyway, send, <laughs> send your letters. If you, like Ryan, want to talk to us, uh, do. And we will tell you at the end. You have to stay tuned to the end how to do that. Okay. But... Here is our letter from our friend Ryan. It says, Hi, Jamie and Clay. I'm really enjoying your podcast. I found it after listening to a recent RV Miles podcast. 
our friends RV Miles did shout us out, and that's awesome. Shout out to <laughs> RV Miles, Jason and Abby, whoop whoop. Who I will probably be, thanks to them, that we can, and their Starlink, that we can upload the podcast this week. Yeah. <laughs> I know you aren't specifically targeting RV travel, but I'm having a lot of fun hearing about your journey. You're living memories from national parks my wife and I have visited and getting some inspiration for the future. Thank you. <laughs> uh, our... I finally saw a bear in 2019 when we went to Denali. I'm so excited because we're going to Denali this summer. Um, Then we flew to Kodiak Island and stayed at a wilderness lodge with the specific goal of seeing a Kodiak brown bear or seeing Kodiak brown bear. We saw seven. Wow. And one was only about 20 feet away for a brief period of time. Oh, my. The first time I saw a bear in the lower 48 was in Yellowstone in 2021. so I did not have Kodiak Island, like a flying to Kodiak Island on our list necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, but it is now. <laughs> I don't know if I want a Kodiak bear 20 feet from me. I'm just saying. Oh, but they're not like the bears other places that I've been to, like human. Duh, bears. Actually, they hunt them on Kodiak Island. It's really interesting. I was reading about it. They hunt the bears? Yeah. It's, they're like a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Because that's, anyway. Okay. I digress. Sure. Some of our favorite unexpected wildlife encounters were a pair of moose walking. Oh, sorry. Back it up. We were also at Gravant in mid-May of 2021. So we must have just missed them. Or we were there at the same time. But we didn't realize it. Which is really fun. We were at Gravant in mid-May 2021. Was it mid-May? It was kind of early May. It was like this time of year. Yeah. Which we're, we're recording this on May 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like around this time of year. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we must have missed him by like a week. Must have. Uh, we didn't see any moose at that campground though. Uh, so not exactly when we were there probably then because the moose were all over the campground. Well, there are a lot of loops there. That's true. Yeah. And the moose were often like a mm-hmm. not being used loop. But, but yeah. anyway, some of our favorite unexpected wildlife encounters were a pair of moose walking through downtown Grand Lake, Colorado oh, cool. and then hanging out at the stream behind our lodge. Huh. A curious fox checked out our RV at the visitor center in Cripple Creek, Colorado. It sounds like we need to go to Colorado. We've not uh, spent enough time I there. I love Colorado. We got off the bus in Denali to do a little hiking and found a wet fox hunting ground squirrels. I like fox. I've seen a couple in the Midwest, but I would love to see some more, especially an Arctic fox, which is that what they have in Alaska or do they just have regular fox? I don't know. I think they're called foxes when there's more than one, but fox foxes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but well, yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would love to see an Arctic fox or any fox. I think yeah. I've only briefly ever seen one fox. I have seen one or two out by my parents' house when they lived in Iowa. Mm-hmm. We pulled into our campsite in Wapiti Campground just outside of the eastern entrance to Yellowstone. And there were three bison walking around. They strolled through our campsite and got within five feet of our motorhome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sounds so cool. I mean, we've seen a lot of bison, and we've seen them up close in the car, but I don't, yeah. I've never had them in our campground. No, not in the campsite. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. We've uh, had very few yeah. like, camp campsite vid- visitors other than, like, a raccoons. skunk and a raccoon. <laughs> uh-huh. And they said they haven't seen any porcupines yet, but, they're, but uh, he said his wife would love to see them. Oh, my gosh. The porcupines were so cute. Keep up the great work and safe travels. Uh, same to you. Thank you for the lovely letter. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear some, from some more of our, our friends as well. But yeah, we love that. We love hearing about the wildlife encounters because it's definitely like a highlight of the travels for us. Yeah, if you have thoughts about wildlife 
or travels or being sweet or not. <laughs> now, Jamie, where can they send them? You can find us on the Substack. So where all these letters that we read on the podcast come out on Substack first. Two letters a week come out on Substack. So there's more of those mm-hmm. uh, out there. <laughs> the Substack is lettersfromtheroad.substack.com. And if you're not familiar with Substack, it's basically a blog platform or a newsletter platform. And you get the emails in your inbox twice a week. Uh, Mondays and Fridays, the letters come out. And the podcast also gets published there. If you listen to it there, you know that. And if you don't, uh, you can find it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can leave us comments and likes there as well. Um, you can find us on Letters from the Road Pod uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can find us at LFTR Pod on Twitter. I'm not on there a bunch, but we are there if you choose to find us there. Yep. And uh, you can email us, as our friend Ryan did. You can email us at Letters from the Road Pod at gmail.com. We're so glad you're all here. We love having you here. We love building community our whole goal is to build a supportive and friendly community of people who are just you know in building each other up spending time being encouraging and talking about interesting things and exactly uh, we're just we're just really glad you're here yeah we don't know exactly how our community is going to shape out yet or like what form it's going to take right but like we've got some friendly conversations on the Substack. We're getting emails back. Uh, we've talked about some other options potentially in the future as well. So yeah, if you have any ideas about that, how you'd like to talk to us or to other LFTR listeners, uh, let us know that too. Yeah, that'd be great. And if you ever see us at a campground, uh, come come join us for a campfire. We'd love to see you. Yes, except right now we're not having campfires because that would destroy your voice even more. That's true. <laughs> bearing with us through this episode you can definitely you're always welcome at our campfire um and uh yeah feel free to leave us a review especially on apple Podcasts. that would be excellent as well um and thank only thank five you. star reviews please thank you to those who <laughs> did no more one star reviews i love that one <laughs> content is, is boring. boring yes it is yep um, until next time. We'll see you down we'll the road. We'll see you down the road. <laughs> oh, that's Stop your line. line. Oh. <laughs>